good afternoon. Um, I was going to say thank you for having me, but you didn't choose to have me. Um, <laughs> I'm told I've got 20 minutes, exactly 20 minutes, so I'll do my very best to stick to time. Uh, my name's Eric. Um, I'm currently here at LSE. Um, not for very much longer, actually. I'm moving again um, over to the west of London, the University of West London. Um, but I did work here at the University of West Indies, UWI, it's pronounced UE. Um, and I just want to share my story uh, and how I made sense of, of working in a, a different environment. I'm not really sure if I am native. Um, I've worked all my academic life, all my professional life, until I moved overseas in England, and I'm Scottish. Um, <laughs> I should have mentioned that earlier on. I'm just, I was, right? um, so this is a Scottish accent, yeah. Um, and I worked all my academic life, all my professional life, um, from doing my PGCE in Brighton uh, here in England. Um, so I don't know if I am native or if I'm a migrant. You know, there's a Britain's one thing, but Scotland and England are two very different countries. Um, so I've never really known that where I sit. Uh, and every three or four years I move around different universities in England. So this is just my time to move. Um, and so when I... I'll just tell you my, my broad story. That's how. So, um, this is where I was working in 2012. Um, we were working and I was working in England in the university and I just decided, not just, but I was just looking for a bit of adventure, you go here, you can't even see it on this map. <laughs> this is Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so in 2012, we left the one, January 2012. It was miserable, it was sleet, it was cold, it was five o'clock in the morning, and we got on an 11 hour flight to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I had been to the West Indies before, I'd been to Jamaica here, but on holiday. And on holiday, you have a very different set of. Uh, codes of being, norms. You sort of pretend to fit in for a little while on holiday. You do your little bit of holiday language things. You know, when I go to France, I do my, could I have a table for two? Um, when I go to Spain, I ask the same question, but in bad Spanish. Uh, and when I was on holiday in Jamaica, you sort of wear the culture on a very sort of surface level. But it's very different when you go somewhere and you live there. You can't just pretend to fit in. You can't just wear your Bob Marley t-shirt and grow lovely dreads the, the way that mine's are. Um, there's something else. It has, to be, it has to be more sort of robust than that. So, just kind of closing in on the, the island chains. I see Trinidad Tobago is way down at this, the end of this sort of cluster of the islands. You fly for 11 hours. You get on a flight, uh, a BA flight, very, very busy, lots of white people, all looking really, really happy because they're going to the Caribbean. But where they're actually going, they're going here, St. Lucia. The flight stops after 10 hours at St. Lucia. And he knows this because she's Trini. Um, and about three quarters of the flight gets off. All the white people get off here because this is the honeymoon <laughs> island. This is a beautiful, if you're going anywhere in the world, go to St. Lucia. It's an amazing, beautiful, beautiful place. But all the white people get off. And what you're left with is the people who are going to continue on here and are going to work. Trinidad and Tobago is not a holiday destination. It is a working environment. It is money, its income doesn't come from tourism. It comes from oil and gas. Uh, it mainly refines oil and gas. 
So it's uh, the white people you see here, white people are something like, you know, less than 1% of the population. I'm white, by the way. Um, I know some people might only be hearing this and like, this, you know. <laughs> so the white people you see here are there to work. The white people you might see and many of the other islands get treated a little bit different because they're tourists and they're presumed to have some money and that's just, that's a, you know, there might be some sort of income here. The tourism is the main income stream. Uh, no one treats you special in Trinidad and Tobago because if they, they see you, they say, well, you're here, you're a foreigner, you're working. Uh, and I like that. I like that because if you're going to live somewhere, you don't want to be treated special. You don't want to be a, a special... Uh, case. Let me just kind of zoom in a little bit. These are the Twin Islands, Trinidad Tobago. It's a Twin Island nation, uh, 1.3 million people. Most of the population live in Trinidad, it's a bigger island. Uh, some of the population here live in Tobago. And just here, pop in at the side, we've got Venezuela, which kind of goes around the whole thing. We're only 17 miles from Venezuela. Um, there is one ferry a month that takes you to Venezuela, and when you land there, you're in a place you don't want to be. It's quite scary. Um, Trinidad itself, where, where I found myself, is split into four regions. If you're aware of the cardinal points of the compass, it doesn't make any sense because from about here, it's called south, not this south, south. Then we have a belt here called central, and along the top, in the east-west corridor where most of the population lives, you've got um, the east, and just this bit here is called west. This is where the, the money is, the capital city, Port of Spain, the posh people live here. So somebody says, you know, I'm from the west, they mean here. There's a lighthouse just at the end of Port of Spain, and if you live west of the lighthouse, you're posh. If you live anywhere else, you're not posh. Or stush would be the correct language. Right. And here is the east-west corridor. I live here in Tunapuna. And the campus, the university campus, is here in St. Augustine, the UA campus. Um, and you can see some of the language around us. It sort of hints at the background to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, St. Augustine, St. Joseph, there's a, a Catholic religious background. El Dorado, <laughs> you, you call somewhere El Dorado, you expect something special. You might be disappointed. <laughs> 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 But also, so some of these, these uh, names hint to a, a South American, uh, Catholic background, but then you've all got other places called Bangladesh. Uh, the population uh, of Trinidad and Tobago, mainly the two main population groups, there's the uh, black group who would come mainly from the, the slave the slave trade uh, and the, the roots of that and the, the sort of colonial past. And then um, at the end of slavery, indentured labor came from India. So the population is more or less 50-50 uh, black Indian, or what's known as East Indian, as opposed to West Indian. Um, and obviously they're a mixed group. So the language of the place also has, and the flavors of the place also has that. It's not how people imagine a Caribbean island to be. There's no Bob Marley here. Yeah, it just, that is, it's, a, it's a different place. And the notion that people confuse the two, Jamaica, Trinidad, it's all the same. This is hugely offensive, hugely offensive. Yeah. Um, I can, it's, it's like accidentally mixing Pakistan and India. You know, two nuclear powers with missiles pointed at each other and just said, well, it's the same thing. No, these are not the same thing. There's a big 
cultural uh, political difference here. Uh, on the slides, I'll, I'll put a hyperlink in a circle. So if you get the slides and you click on here, it'll take you to the UA webpage and you can see a lovely sort of, uh, intro video. I won't show it today because you know, it'll break as soon as I press it. Um, so when we arrived there, I tried to make sense. I thought I knew what I was doing. As I say, I'd worked in various institutions in the UK and I tried to make sense of my new world teaching higher education in UAE. I'm using this model to try and explain my journey. I didn't have this model going in. I didn't say, I'm going to make sense of my new environment in this way. Uh, this sort of evolved over time, and maybe this is the model of, that, I, that worked best for me coming out. So it's drawn from the work of Schoen and his discussions on having a reflective conversation with the situation. There are four parts to this, and I'll just sort of cover each separately. There are overlaps between the, the, the four different aspects of this. So really this model tries to say how do you make sense of this new place you're in. The model itself, Sean's work, is not about migrants or natives or whatever we're going to language we're going to have. The, the model is just about any environment. So the first thing, uh, involvement. Considering your relationship with this space, uh, engaging with the new environment and seeing yourself as part of the context rather than attempting to be an objective outsider. Sometimes as academics we do try and step outside. Um, certain, certainly uh, certain disciplines are more likely to try and work in an objective way. Um, although many uh, obviously are sort of embedded researchers as well. So for me this meant these three things. To know what it was like to teach in higher education Trinidad and Tobago involved getting to know what it was like to live there. Uh, known the life of it. When we arrived, um, I was there for three and a half years, so we arrived in 2012. It was the 50th anniversary of independence. And that, when you walked down the streets on the first day, there were flags everywhere. And you have, was this normal? Do they always have flags out? You know, is the national flag always on show? Are there red, white and black flags everywhere floating? Is everything, is everything normally decorated in red? Um, that says no, but I didn't know this. It just this was looked normal to me. So I had to understand the context. I, I, I found myself reading up in the history the first Prime Minister, Eric Williams, to find out about what happened in 1962, the colonial past. I was completely ignorant. When I went there, I thought I was going to work at a university. I thought I knew how to work at a university because I had worked at a number of institutions in England. How different can it be? But quite quickly I found that things were uh, very different. I tried to localise my practice um, and become aware of the, the manners. Things like saying good day is important. You can't be rude. To not say good day would be rude. And so straight away I would come into class and say, our aims and objectives today are, and I'll list the ILOs or whatever we're going to call them, and I said, this is what we're going to learn. And it was too harsh. It was too cold. And it wasn't, and people just thought it was being abrupt. Um, but this is the system I had been schooled into in the UK. This, this kind of classic aims, objectives, outcomes model. I had to start soft. I had to start off going, good day. And I had to smile. And I had to say, you know, welcome. And I had to say, it's good you're here. Even though you're all late. Because everybody's always late. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to just do that. And actually... I had to realise that when other people arrived, they would say good day as well. Even if they're 20 minutes late, and you know in the UK people come in and they sneak in and they're invisible, 
and they said, we'll see them, but they pretend they're invisible. No, I'm trying to open the door and 20 minutes late, you're still pleasant to everyone and you still say good day and then you find your seat, we'll say good day back. <laughs> and this is not bad and it's not good, it's just how it is. And you just, after a while, I have to get over that. I have to, because my instinct was to say, you know, to, you are so rude. But no, they're not being rude, they're just, this is life. You know, just kind of get used to it. Um, it's not quite chilling out, but it's getting close to there. Examine what can be taken from your previous practice. So it wasn't all just about the new environment. I also had to think about where I was coming from. Uh, um, and then kind of reimagining it in this new context. So being comfortable with the little things. Um, so this, this has kind of been hinted at already, but you know, the, the, I think uh, Namrata put up this uh, passage from my chapter. Macaulay Keisha um, was uh, our administrator, and she was offended that when I walked to the photocopier. She was offended that I was doing it. And I didn't understand why, because I had used the photocopier before, the same way as all oh, you guys probably know how to use a photocopier and how to clear a paper jam. But she was offended that I was at the photocopier because that was her job. And I was taking her job from her. And she asked me, you know, why are you doing this? And I says, because I need photocopying. And she said, that's not how you do it. You ask me. Ask me two or three days before you need it and you might get it. <laughs> <laughs> but ask me and don't do it yourself. And when I spoke to other people about it, actually it became clear because I was explained to me, Keisha doesn't do your job. Why are you doing Keisha's job? So it was a nice kind of delineation. And when I ask people to call me Eric, because I'm all modern and I'm like that, and in the UK, even when we've got our titles, we don't really use our titles. Some of us don't. Um, you know, we know the ones who do. Um, they call me Eric. And that was no, because that was so rude. They, had the, they all call, they wanted to call me Dr. Blair. And we compromised, so they called me Dr. Eric. <laughs> Um, but this was a mark of, it was so wrong for us to say this. So I had to learn what was right and what was wrong and get over the little things. These things don't actually matter. And learning the little things that don't actually matter, you know, it's like that saying when they talk about, you know, um, fight the battles that you can win. I don't know if that's actually a real saying, but my mother used to say it quite a lot. Um, fight the battles that you can win. And just the things that you can't win, just sort of let it go. Let it go. You don't have any power, you don't have any, any agency here. Just kind of let that go. And just fight the battles you can win. So the things that, there were things here I could let go. I had to learn about carnival more than anything else. Carnival is the most important cultural event of the year. And very, we were arrived and carnival was three weeks later. And in my first night out went liming, just hanging out with friends. And went to meet some people, we had some beers and they said, so you play in mass? I was like, I have no idea what that question means. You play in mass. And I said, I don't know. And they said, well, what about juvie? And I have no idea what that is. And I'll tell you, but this is like, are you involved in carnival? Are you involved in the night before procession when we all get covered in mud and drink rum at three o'clock in the morning? But you just don't know. And my idea was to say yes to everything. And that got me in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Good trouble. It's got five minutes. Thank you. Right. The next phase was thinking about um, the day-to-day -day language, seeing difference in the old and new environments and not judging one to be different. Um, so the next thing I found as well as 
thinking about the, the big stuff, the big changes that I talked about, and the small changes about the cultures and the ways of being, was also the way we phrase things. Trinidad Tobago speaks English, but its main language is Trini. And the difference between Trini and English is subtle, um, but it's important. So my students in the UK would say, can I ask a question? And my students in Trinidad would say, I can ask a question. And it sounded like a declaration, but it's not a declaration, it's a question. I can ask a question. And when I went to the shop to buy things, they wouldn't say, oh, we don't have any of that. They'd tell me what I can have instead. <laughs> you know? But this is just the sort of way of the language. It was not meant, so it's like, um, so I went to the shop and it says, um, you know, could I have some uh, pizza? And they say, no, but you can have garlic bread instead, you know? And I was like, but I don't want garlic bread. And they say, no, you're having garlic bread. And it sounds like they're bossing you. It sounds like they're telling you what to do. You're having garlic bread. So the conversation goes like this. Pizza, please. No, you're having garlic bread. It's like, it sounds like really kind of bossy and, and in your face, but it's not that at all. They're actually, the people try to be nice to you, try to help you out and give you, but it's just different diction, different language, and a, and a different use of the same language, which is weird, you know. Um, but I was used to a different use of the same language because I have a different use of the same language because I'm Scottish. And when I'm in England, I use the wrong words often. And I talk about a worktop as being a bunker. You know, don't ask why, it's just what it is. <laughs> Lastly, I had to think about deliberation, taking a holistic perspective, examining the new environment, and understanding the history of the people of Trinidad and Tobago looking at my localised professional identity and seeing um, uh, where my old ways were possibly a barrier, where my mindset, the way I was coming in, was possibly a barrier. I was assuming that I knew best. This kind of, and it was a completely wrong way of doing things. Assuming that I came in because I was employed to do a certain job. Why aren't you letting me do my job? Why aren't you letting me teach my way? Why are you forcing me to do these things? It's, after a while, I recognised I was taking this kind of almost colonial approach. I'll come in with my ways and do them here. It's clearly wrong. What I needed to do is take my ways and chip away the edges with the Trinidadian environment and create a method that worked for both of us. I will never be a Trinidadian teacher, but I'll have to embrace the culture to learn how to be the best me in that environment. That's the, the final stage of my process. Let me give you some nice pictures to close on then. I had to learn shorthand. Here are some shorthands. This means the Rolling Stones, that means the Eiffel Tower. And in the UK, I would talk about these things. I would talk about Coronation Street when I was teaching my class. And I would use cultural memes, and I would use little shorthand ways to mean things. I would use phrases and little statements that's very British and understandable. It's a shorthand for something. And I just want to leave you with four new phrases that I learned. This is doubles, the most important food you'll ever eat. This is juve, this, these are moco jumbies, and these are people playing mass or playing carnival. So when my, what I learned, I did all this, I tried all this, I didn't do it very well. Right? I tried all this, this, this woman's drinking rum, so I plenty did that. Um, but what I learned from this is that I learned the shorthand, so when I was teaching in class, I could use this language, I could say, well this is like when we're talking about the moco jumbies, or this is like when people are playing mass. Or people would ask me a question and there would be a reference point that we can both understand. And I wouldn't understand this joint reference point if I hadn't done or tried to do some of these things. 
just takes me back to the start. Being the difference between being on holiday somewhere is you you have the culture on the outside. You just sort of have this kind of surface idea of who you are. But what what I found with this city, my life in Trinidad, we were there for three and a half years, was that we had to do things. We had to internalise things mentally, physically, alcoholically. And in doing things, we could better understand what it was to be there. And the movement was sort of from being the educator to being the educator in the environment. I think maybe that's probably the best place to talk. I've got like 20 seconds left now. 20 seconds left, so I should stop talking there. Right. The slide has a final picture that looks like that, and I'll let you make your own sense out of that. As a journey over two nations, that's the Trinidad Tobago flag. I'll stop there.